So I'm going to talk a bit about what God's been doing in my life, and maybe some of it will mean something for you. I don't know about you, but there's been times when my very best efforts have brought me a flaming pile of disaster. As anyone know what I'm talking about, you know, you've, you think you've done the very, very best you can do and you look around and the house is on fire, your hair's on fire, you run out, hands in the air screaming and go, how did that happen? I was doing my best and that's what it got me, you know? I was doing it the best I knew how. I was running the show, but I was doing it my very, very best and pile of rubble. It could be a relationship. It could be financially. It could be our health. You think we're doing the right thing with our health? Turns into a piling, steaming pile of disaster. And you go, mm, that's smelly. That's bad. It's bad. I'm telling you, sometimes it's our attitude. Sometimes we all look good on the outside, but we're full of resentment. I'm full of resentment. I'll, I'll use the I word as much as I can so you don't feel like I'm pointing at you. Tim, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> sometimes I'm full of resentment. Sometimes I'm full of unforgiveness or pride or bitterness. And funnily enough, I'm trying to do my very best at that very point in time. I'm not trying to harbour that. It's just how I am. Yeah? I've been spending a bit of time in the Word of late. This Bible's gotten a bit tatty. I brought this along because it feels more real than the iPhone, you know? But anyway, Proverbs um, it's 18, it's about verse 12. It says, before... A man's downfall, his heart is proud. But humility comes before honour. What that means is, I think I'm doing a good job. But before my downfall, if someone else were to look at me going, something not right there, something not right. right. So the real point is, I need a saviour. But I don't even know it. Most of the time, I don't know it, I need a saviour. But man, I need a saviour. If you knew me, you'd go, man, he needs a saviour. You would. You'd go, that boy, that boy, he needs some help. But I need a saviour. I need a saviour. And um, I especially need a saviour when I think I've got it all sorted. But none of you can tell me that. Sadly, I have to find that out for myself. Sadly, I have to go through my own downfall. Because the proverb, it doesn't say you might have a downfall. It says before a man's downfall. It's almost like it's an inevitability. It's going to happen. <laughs> it's almost like mm, it's going to happen. We all have it at times. We all have a point when we go, my life has just turned to custard. And then we go, what happened? But the point is we need to find that point when we go, I can't do it. I can't do it anymore. I can't. I've tried. And I need a saviour. But what kind of saviour? What kind of saviour? You know? What's going to save me from where I am? You know? Is it... You know, like, I, I've tried a lot of things to save me. A lot. I've tried working really hard. Workaholism. It's, it's a lousy saviour. Work is a lousy saviour for those who've tried it. It doesn't work out that very well. Um, music, 
music's great. Work's great. But music doesn't save you, you know. Um, church, religion, fasting and prayer as a religious exercise cannot save you. And I know that's heresy to some. I've got to be honest. But you can do that in such a way full of self-effort, full of pride, full of, I'm really going to reach God here. And I'm going to show God how good I can pray and therefore I am kind of going to save me through prayer. You know, anyone been there? Just me. I'm preaching about myself, okay? So it's, you can go, yep. Sometimes, and I have done this, I've looked to the pastor to save me. And it was brutal. He was like, wow, <laughs> just wow. <laughs> You're going to be disappointed because he's not qualified to save me. He is not the righteous, sunless, sinless son of God. He certainly didn't die for me. Sometimes I wanted to kill him. But he certainly didn't die for me. You know? I've also seen pastors who've tried to kill themselves or burn themselves out for the church. I happen to be the son of one, and he's been doing an excellent job. And little plug, bias I know, he's a very good pastor. Like one of the best I know. And it's proven through years of struggle and pain and wisdom that's brought from that. That's an aside. Okay, later. Okay. <laughs> but the pastor can't save me. He can't. Church can't save me either. I need a saviour. And the only saviour who can save me is Jesus. It's the only one. It's the only one. No one else has it. No one else has died for my sins. No one else has loved me enough. No one else. I'm going to stick with Proverbs. Proverbs 19.22 says, A man's heart desires unfailing love. Unfailing love is what our hearts desire. But better to be poor than a liar. Better to know that you need unfailing love and not have it than to kid yourself with every other thing that we think we want. Better to recognize what we really need, recognize our need, than try every other thing. And I've tried a few to try and find my salvation. So it's not money, it's not things, it's not people, it's not substances, it's not activities, it's not any other thing other than the true Lamb of God who can save me. This is something that I've come to understand through the difficulties of my life's experiences. And it's something that each of us have to come to to understand for ourselves. Maybe this is that day for you. The next thing I've sort of discovered in this journey is I can know I need a saviour. I can know that that saviour is Jesus. But he is not going to save me until I let him. You know, I mean, the scripture says, I stand at the door and knock. If you let me in, I'll come and eat with you. I'll come and have a meal with you. I'll have fellowship with you. If you'll open the door. I often think about it's something like, um, you ever see like those colognes for men who like smelly things? For Home by Mark Jacobs. 
comes in a nice, beautiful box, and it's looking mighty masculine. It's a bit like salvation by Jesus. <laughs> comes in a great box, and you go, that's amazing. I love the wrapping. That's just incredible. I'm going to go and put that on the shelf and look at that every day. My life is still going to stink until I pull that out and spray that on. I'm never going to actually have it until I apply it every single day. And for me, that's, a, that's an everyday thing. I, I actually, no, it's, I'll be honest, it's a, most minutes of every day. Every time I come to myself and go, hmm, Matt, I think you're trying to be in charge here. Remember what happened last time? <laughs> Hair on fire. That's what happens when I'm trying to be in charge. So I need to take that moment to let Jesus doing the saving on a daily basis, on a minute-by-minute basis. So what does that look like? It, it, looks like? it looks like letting go. It looks like acknowledging Him as being the Lord, being in charge, going, God, this anger I have right now, customer or someone, child, dog, there was a thought there before that. The point is, though, if I'm not doing the act, doing the um, the letting go. Oh, sorry, the dog made me mad. That's what I'm thinking about. Very, very angry, and I'm going. I need to surrender this to God. God, I can't deal with this anger. I need you. So that's a, that's a, at that very minute of my life, um, John. Book of John, I, lo- I love the word, I love what Jesus says because he makes it so darn simple. It's really straightforward, he doesn't, he doesn't mess around, he just like goes, it's, well, it's this, you know. We've got a great habit of religiousizing everything, if that's even a word, you know, where we want to get it all around the wrong way, you know. And we see it like the, in the, 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 the religious leaders in, in the Gospels, they had it all around the wrong way. They didn't want to just like let go and let God. They wanted to do it their way. You can see it. It looks like just like myself when I read their stuff and go, mm-hmm, we should be doing more of that. Jesus, he says, he says in, in John 6, 27, he says, um, do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. On him, God the Father has placed his seal of approval. And then they asked him, what must we do to do the work that God requires? Like, our self-effort's going to help here, of course, because we're pretty good people, and we know how to manage our own lives. And, and Jesus answered, the work of God is this, to believe in the one that he has sent. It says the work of God is to believe in the one whom he has sent. What does that even mean? And what it, well, let's start with the word work. What does work even mean? I'm going to get a little, little sciencey. The definition of work is effort times time equals work. That's the bit of physics definition for those who are following along and taking notes. So if we want to know what work is, it's I'm applying an effort for an extended period of time, and that's the work. And Jesus has gone and said, the work we need to do is to believe in the one who is sent. Or to put it another way, 
the thing we need to do for an extended period of time with a reasonable amount of force is to do believing. We've got to do believing. And the thing is, I have a terrible habit of believing in me instead of believing in the one whom he has sent. I want to believe in everything else. And so my natural inclination is to do something else other than believe in him. My natural inclination is to turn my life to custard unless I go, God, it's you, not me. And the great thing about letting Jesus be in charge is he takes responsibility for us. He's a good, good father. And when we come under the lordship of Christ and let him be in charge, he's not just like, well, now here are the rules, children. Do this and you won't get hurt. It's more like, you're my kid. What can I get you? Can I get you a cup of tea? How can I help you? What do you need help with today? Because you're my child. You're under my house. You're in my roof. Let's go. Let me take you to school. I mean, any parents? Anyone who's a parent here? Anyone who's ever had a parent? And the parent picked him up from school and gave him breakfast and dinner and sometimes washed clothes, all the stuff that parents do. When we think about it, we're under their authority. We tend to forget that in life, in our spiritual journey where we're under the authority of God, but we forget it. And so we don't let him do any of the stuff for us. We think we're fine by ourselves. And God's like, I'm here. I'm waiting for you to open the door and invite me in. And let me love you. Let me be a father to you. Let me parent you. Let me help you manage your life because your life's probably unmanageable in some area. It might be, oh, who knows? I've got a long list of unmanageable parts of my life, um, which I sometimes make a list of in the morning. God, I'm going to need help with resentment today. I'm going to need help with pride. going to need help with self-pity. You look at my journal, it's written down. I'm going to need help with bitterness or unforgiveness or, you know, um, greed. I work in financial markets, a lot of money around. It's easy to get a bit of greed going on. It's probably why I was there in the first place. A bit of money idolatry, a bit of money worship. It doesn't help. I had a massive financial crisis in my own life. A little bit of personal sharing here because I was running the show. I was running the show and did a terrible job. It was my best efforts. My best efforts got me to near flaming disaster financially. And I'm going, God, what happened there? And he's like, well, I don't know. I'm not here. You're running the show, you know. If you let me. But no, we're cool. We're cool. You, when you, you let me know when you're happy to let go and let God. But until then, you're in charge, right? You know what's best. Always brings me back to point one. I really, really need a saviour. And um, I don't know about you, but I try and remind myself of that every day. And remind myself that it's him that does the saving, not me. Certainly isn't Pastor Dad, as good as he is. Couldn't save me. He tried. (laughs) He's like... Can't save him. Only Jesus can. Only Jesus can save you. Only Jesus can save me. And, um, and he's willing and he's able if we let him. But that's every day. Every day. We confess him as our Lord. We let him be the boss. Let him be in charge. 
let him do the work of saving us by our continuing to believe in us for an extended period of time with a, hang on, I'm going to pull my mind back on track here. What am I believing in him? Am I going to believe in this thing over here? Or am I going to believe in Jesus as my saviour? I'm going to, God, I'm going to let that go. Can't deal with that. I know you can because you're almighty. It was awesome that God's almighty. He's all powerful. On a relative basis, like relatively, I mean, relative to infinite power, how powerful are you? How powerful am I? My very, very best efforts compared to the infinite power of God. Mathematically, it's zero compared to infinity. My, even if I was the most powerful man on earth, I'm zero compared to infinity. I really want to encourage you today, if there's anything that comes away from today, is to draw on the power of God for your life, for whatever situation you're facing, to go, God, I'm going to need your power in this situation because I've got nothing. And what's awesome about that is he does. He really does. I mean, proper does change our lives if we let him, you know. I could, I could list off many, many, many things where I thought I had it, and I'm going, no, I don't have it. I need you, God. And then he's like, his, his presence moves into the situation and changes the unchangeable. Yeah, the unchangeable, you know. I think I'm done. God, I just want to thank you for how good you are. That you love us so much. That you are the unfailing love that our hearts long for. And we don't want to be kidding ourselves anymore with any other thing. We want to be turning to you, Lord Jesus, as our Savior, as the one who will save us. And we want to invite you in today, Lord God, and every day to have community with us, to have fellowship with us, to turn our lives over to you, to be our Lord's, not just in a box on the shelf, but we'll pull you off that box, out of that box and off the shelf and say, I want your aroma everywhere. I want to be walking in salvation by Jesus as a daily thing, as an every morning thing, an every evening thing. And when we lie, kneel beside our beds at night with our list of things we're grateful for, that we can say the number one thing is, Jesus, I'm grateful for you saving me today. I'm grateful for your forgiveness today. I'm grateful for your you know, provision today. Grateful for the family you've given me today. Grateful for the church you've put me in today. Grateful for the Christian leaders that we have today. All of the good things that you put around us, Lord Jesus. And we thank you that when we let you in, you do good things. Like that song we were singing earlier, you make us come alive. It's what you do. It's who you are. Jesus means Savior. It's who he is. It's what he does best. We thank you, Lord Jesus. We receive you as our Savior today. I receive you as my Savior.